Hello, and welcome to the Comedian's Paradise. This is where I speak to unique and interesting comedians and people involved in comedy across the globe who help comedians like you and me live this comedy journey on our own terms. Now, today is a, he's, 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 he's a local gaffsman like me from Wimbledon, the best area in the whole planet. Um, it's got the best comedians out there, and he, is, he runs a fantastic comedy show in Edinburgh called Wrong Comedy where you name it they probably say it and he is a very distinguished character on the comedy circuit and he is a guy who has many fascinating stories that you want to hear please welcome i know he's also part irish like me please welcome bob walsh Yay! <laughs> i need to get a soundboard for that <laughs> So tell us, Bob, it's a pleasure to have you here. Like, tell us a bit about like your comedy journey and like how you got started and where you are today. Well, um, I sort of started it's fairly circuit circuitous route to um doing comedy. I, I started out, I was I was a pub manager on and off for like 25 years, and I employed a lot of comedians and 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 um, entertainers over the years. And um, I was very often Put together cabaret shows um, with you know a local unheard of comedian on in the middle, you know, and and uh, I've always done comedy. And I I was I I just watched them and I started writing my own jokes because I honestly thought I could be funnier than a lot of them because you realise that you know it's only only a small percentage of people are really really funny all the time and uh, and I just thought that I could do it. And so I so I tried and, and I sort of bunged myself on my own show. Then uh, when it really got going and when I really decided to do it, I was running I was running a pub in South Wimbledon. Well, I was involved in the running of a pub in South Wimbledon called um, The Grove. And it's not there anymore. It's Tesco Express opposite South Wimbledon tube station. And, and that used to be The Grove, which was actually a very famous South London music pub. I mean, my mum sang there in the 50s. In, in you know Irish country and West in 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 the fifties and uh, so I was delighted to 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 help them get going in the, in their first business and um, in their first pub business and and, uh, and I started doing comedy on a, on a Monday night and uh, and I had a budget and um, I got involved with Jeff at Murph Control and he was sending me some fantastic comedians. And and like I was able to, to to start a comedy club there, and and it was it was a really rough show, you know what I mean? It was a stabby little, and and it, you know, and it was a sort of like cokehead pub, but it, people started coming down on Mondays, um, you know, when the pub was previously absolutely empty on a Monday, and 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 it and it really built there, and that's when I met a lot people from you know the, the comedy industry a lot of the people who are now on live at the apollo all played down the grove on a monday night and um and so like a couple of times comedians didn't turn up i'd bung myself on and uh and i was getting just as big laughs as some of the pros and and so i just thought i'd give it a go and started doing a few five minute spots here and there and and, and um quickly got an act together and started being invited places. So um, I, I, I did well, quite well, quite early. And then I got a little bit 
I got a little bit like cocky and wasn't practicing hard enough and I expected to turn up and just be able to do it and expected to be able to perform drunk and stuff like that. So like any any ground I made early on was sort of lost by inconsistency and I, I sort of do regret that, but it was a lesson learned. And what was the point where you decided, right, you know what, you guys don't like what I do, I'll be my own boss, sod you lot, <laughs> sort of thing. Well, that that would be part of the, like the good advice I was given, really. Um, there, there was some of the bad advice people gave me was like, "Well, get yourself a, a a soft set, get yourself a set that could be done at a wedding or something like that." And you know, just in case you turn up and there's an audience like that, and I just didn't want to do that. It was, you know, to me that's like asking a punk band to have a couple of tracks ready just in case some, you know, they've got the wrong sort of audience. And and I'm I'm, I'm just not that sort of comedian. I'm not going to be that that middle of the road comedian. I never wanted to. That was never the aim. I wanted to be really, you know, loud and offensive and working class. Uh, and um, so so that's what I did. Um, yeah, and and. The, Good advice was, why don't you just do your own shows, mate? That, that, that's the trick. Just put your own shows on, and and so that's what I did. And 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 you know, Edinburgh has been you know amazing for me. I've done coming up for three hundred shows up there with Ron Comedy, and 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 up there I'm a, a bit of a star. You know, people people want to drink with me after the show, and that's a, so like it. And people want to be in the show, which is amazing. I get some really good people asking me to be on the show, and I generally say no because I've got my unheard of comedians that I really like bunging on. Hmm. Uh, and um, so yeah, Edinburgh Edinburgh is. is it's the place I'm happiest. It's my comedy home. Um, I do do. I have taken the show all around the country. We've done the uh, Bath Comedy Festival, Greater Manchester Comedy Festival, the Ram Comedy Festival in Derby, um, amongst many others. And, and um, I, I, you know, just I, I, I really enjoy the whole festival thing. I think the the. the the, the punters are in a different mood from people who've just gone out on a Saturday night to go to a comedy club. Um, it's a whole different atmosphere, and I absolutely love it. And also being stuck in a strange town with a load of friends, who comedians who've become friends um, for, for, like, weekends or weeks or months, as as in the case in Edinburgh. Well, that's one of the, there's quite a few sort of shows in Edinburgh that are like then like this spank or something on here late in live that are mental sh that are intriguing shows that have their own following is that right well hate and live you mean um, hate and live is um, is is the better one of them and um, that's that's done by Leo Curse and Darius and that that is a magnificent show which I'm hoping to get on this year they sort of I almost got on there last year but I think um, yeah, well, I mean, the last time it was a full festival, um, but it didn't quite happen. Um, so I'm hoping to get on onto that. <laughs> yeah, late and live, they're, 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 I mean, that's that's really good. That I think they get people who don't normally go to comedy to go to those gigs, and that's a really good service to our industry. Mm. It's it, there's a lot of like mag cats and lots of creative sort of comedy shows in Edinburgh. And apart from Hate and Live, who are comedians and like shows that you when you're up in there, you're like, this is the bollocks. <laughs> um, I, I I I I like all sorts of comedy. I try not to be a snob about it. Really, it's just whether I find it funny or not. And um, okay. 
Now, a lot of the comedians, like, you know, my favourite comedians are, are not on telly. I mean, you, they might be on the news sometimes. <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, my favourite comedians are not on the telly. I could put on a, a, a show of people that no one's ever heard of that would be just as good, if not better, than, than a lot of those big shows. And so I, I just prefer that end of it. And also, like, the big comedians think they're doing me a favour coming on, whereas I'm... It's it's actually an opportunity for people to play in Edinburgh, you know, and, and to, to break their Edinburgh duck and maybe go and do a show themselves the next year. So um that 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 is why I stick to to, to the lower level comedians. And and yeah, because it's it's a good gig for them. Whereas the, it's not a good gig for someone who's on telly, is it? No. Playing in forty people in, in a dungeon. They're like, Oh, I could get that done in a day. I could drop an email. La -de -la. <laughs> yeah. This is a little thing. How I mean, because you've interacted with a lot of the ones that are higher up. Like, what would you? Ha, a lot of people say that with a lot of the ones that are higher up, they're quite easy going. Have you found that to be the case? Because like they've done everything and they know where they are. They're not as sort of anxious of trying to get ahead or getting here and there. Um, yeah, there's different people. There, there's some people who are just so so sort of up their own up up their own um, backside that they uh, you know they they don't want to lower themselves and talk to people like me, and that's fair enough. I just don't talk to them. Um, <laughs> I've also been involved over the years in in a lot of other shows um, that like top pro shows like Laugh Train Home in Clapham Junction. I I worked at, on that for years, so I met a lot of the more recent. Um, comedians on their way up. It's run by Robin Perkins, who's who's a, who's a brilliant employer and a really good comic as well. Um, and and uh, I found most of them to be really nice. You know, mo most people are all right. You know, they they're quite used to turning up at strange places and and odd people like me wanting to talk to them. So it's not a new thing. Um, uh, I sorry, what was the main question again? I mean, are they offered? Are they often a bit more quite easygoing? Those that have made it, so that's what. Well, I don't think there's. A, I don't think there's a rule. I think if you if you if you listed ten comedians off the telly, I'd say three of them, you know, look down their nose at me, and 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 three of them become friends, and the other four I had a pleasant evening with. You know, so it's a it's a different. It's a. Di I don't think there's any hard and fast rules of things and and you'd think there's a lot of things that people say in it they use all these quotes and they use all these things to try and pigeonhole people yeah 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 i i mean i'd heard bad things about some comedians and and my experience of them was actually quite wonderful so you know i suppose it's horses for courses isn't it do, do you find it difficult to what's it called ignore it when people say this and that and not to like let it wash over well, I tell you, that is one of the, the the greatest things about comedy is you sort of learn not to mind. I don't. I wouldn't say you don't care what people do, but you know, you're going to meet so many people in comedy that you can't expect them all to be all right. <laughs> and and I can't expect everyone to like me. I'm a particular type of human being. I'm not going to be everyone's sort of like perfect house guest on on a dinner party on a Friday either. So, you know, it, it, it's. It is what it is, you know, there's been patterns.
you basically i've got an image of my head bob of like some office building like if you put an office building of 20 or 30 people there's always a couple of people who are like i'm fucking staying on the other side of the room and there's thousands of comedians so there's going to be <laughs> at least double or triple that yeah i'd say i've met i've met more brilliant and kind and 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 certainly intelligent people um through comedy than than any other walk of life and and that's including sort of 20 years of working in the city you know as, as a pub manager as a bar manager um but you know it, it i'd say like in comedy there's you've got more chance of meeting interesting intelligent kind people which type of people it attracts so at the moment, I'm working in a bar as well as doing a bit of comedy. So I share that. And but I'm working in one of these fancy doshi bars, like in in Kingston. That you don't really get any mad hatters, but you get people that are maybe a bit cranky and a bit rich. But that's about it. Um, but they're just ruder, no less pleases and thank you. Yes, yes, but they they have a bit more. The most of it easy going, but there's some that are a bit more. And you'll say. The question I look at, because you're working in a bar and comedy, I mean, I've had a lot of interesting stories from people on the podcast about the weirdest things they've had or the strangest things they've had. But as you've been a bar manager, which has given the weirdest stories and what have been the weirdest stories you remember from comedy and being working in a bar? Um, well, obviously, you, you hear all sorts. <laughs> um, I don't know about weirdest. I don't know. That's that's the you know, like no, I don't know about weirdest. I, I Something that surprised you, you've been like, Whoa, I didn't expect that. That's like, whoa, what is that? <laughs> you, you do meet some real characters in pubs, obviously, and, and, and you know, like certainly a couple of my big jokes are literally their stories around a little bit. So you do pick up stuff. Um and also, it's, I'm a bit of a people watcher anyway. I, I enjoy doing that, especially like being a, a working class person in an area like Wimbledon. It, um, you know, I'm, I'm not a, I'm not a snob about class or anything. And and everyone gets a fair chance, and as, as I hope everyone would give me a fair chance. But that isn't always the case. Like the, peop the people in bars, you know, the, there is every human there. So, <laughs> it, yeah. Um... <laughs> So what, what's been like an in situation? Have you had anyone say, listen here, Bob, you better give me a hundred pints of beer or you're going to lose a few, whatever. <laughs> oh, no, that would be, I, yeah, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't have thought like that, mate. They'd have to go through me. <laughs> <laughs> but has there been any sort of situation where something really sort of wonkers happens where Apart from something, you know, you have the image of people going on a Saturday night out, but anything that's gone beyond that, where someone's done something completely outrageous in your bar or to someone where you've been like, what? <laughs> well, I think that, I, I think it, it, in comedy, the funniest thing I ever read, I think Lenny Sherman was on stage and I had this this very big, um, clearly lesbian woman. I mean, she she told, she made a point of that. I know she was a lesbian as well. Uh, <laughs> they do and um and he um and she rub rugby tackled someone during the show someone on the other side of the aisle <laughs> during lenny's set in during lenny's set yeah 
what did Le how did Lenny do? I mean, I can imagine he probably lapped it up and made it even funnier. Made it even funnier. He is actually one of the the best comedians that I've seen in the last five years, um, and and I've watched him improve over the sort of ten years I've known him. Um, and I genuinely think not just because I like him as a as, as a bloke, but I genuinely think he he's someone. He's one of my favourite comedians. He's one of the few that I would pay to see. Uh, he, can, he handled it brilliantly. He, he, he had a, a it was a it could have been an awful night that could have ruined the show, but actually it set it up. <laughs> <laughs> what was his line? What did he say? I, could I hear it? But you know, he's like six foot odd, so like he's like I think he just talked about liking a bundle himself. <laughs> I, <think> I, can't, <laughs> I can't remember, but he got out of it beautifully and that that was a very weird one that that in, in my pubs i've seen every fucking thing from you know like drugged up people doing everything um um the, the one of the hot, nastiest most horrible things cross and i had the whole of the london broncos rugby team in there and i, I sort of made them fairly welcome because it was quite nice brother a, a rugby league team there with a you know sort of I think they had about eight internationals in in their side at the time and that and then they all got their their todgers out and peed up against the bar. Oh, that's that was it. Normally, but unfortunately, they were all massive. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm guessing they were marking their territory. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, and also now they're going to ground share at AFC Wimbledon, so maybe I can get my revenge. Maybe you piss on them. <laughs> I owe them one. I bloody, uh, you know what? In the Rugby World Cup, I'd love it if they transferred that message. You know, the the them doing the hacker that is a slight meant uh, creepy and sneaky tactic to get mind fucked the other team. I'd love it if the English team would actually go and piss on them whilst they do that. <laughs> <laughs> well, actually, like when one time when we stuffed them, um, they 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 the whole England team walked towards them, which was brilliant, like like sneering and and laughing, and uh, and and actually we won the game that day. So I don't know if it had any reverse psychological effect on them, but that was definitely funny and and brilliant, and and that's what I think I'd do. It if, what happened in the final, though? I, I, did, did England get a bit too high up their sails because they beat them? New Zealand, I, I think so, yeah. Yeah, I think that England had their best ever game, the best game that I've ever seen in, in rugby. And uh, I didn't really grow up with rugby, but I did I did play quite to a good level in, in my 30s. And, um, uh, and, and, yeah, that's probably the best. The semi-final was the best performance, I think, of most complete performance I've ever seen from an England rugby team, and um, especially at that level. And uh, then the final, it just didn't happen. Yeah, you can can imagine why that would happen. I think they thought they'd already won it. Yeah, it, it's but is is but that's that's where sort of the parallels sometimes come in with gigging as well, isn't it? Like you can easily, I hear so many times with a lot. Of comic friends of mine they say about oh well, they smashed the gig before they got high up the sales and then a couple of days later they completely bomb at the next gig yeah 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 um francis foster from the trigonometry um 
podcast was was talking about this recently and it's a, it's a great example he, he it was only about his 10th of a gig and he played the south wimbledon gig and he smashed it i went oh my god really i said is that your 10th ever gig seriously mate that is fantastic and then the next week he went somewhere a bit cocky and he died on his jacks in a, in a big comedy club in bournemouth so, uh, yeah that, that that happens and it, it, i I think early in my career, I did get cocky quite a lot, but I, I'm not now. I, I always do the preparation and I always do, do the work necessary beforehand. And, um, and, yeah, it's very easy to get cocky. It is very easy to get cocky. Now, what you said, like, with one comedy and the way you've set up your nights reminds me a bit of, like, Doug Stanhope, because I hear the story of him. He he used to put on shows in bars and build a main list and he built up from there. What Was wrong comedy... Was it a straight away it built a crowd up or did it take a couple of years before it started getting well known and getting a big crowd? Well, obviously, like the first year, no one knew anything about it. So I, I, I just spent a lot of time shouting out on the street saying, if you like offensive comedy, come to this. So the sort of people that came along were the right sort of people. And it was in a venue that was very difficult to find. You're not going to be walking past it. And... Um, <laughs> And, and so I literally had to stand up the raw mile saying, look, if you like offensive comedy, come to this show. And if you don't, don't. You know, literally did it that way. And so I got the right sort of people in. And then word sort of spread. And, and you know, those a lot of those people come back every year. They bring their mates. They they request jokes that I've, that I've been doing for years because they want their mate to hear me say it, you know. And, and, <laughs> and, um, and so I slowly built it. But it that that's how I've done it. It's literally by and it's a lot of word of mouth. A lot of word of mouth. A lot of comedians come and watch the show as well. A lot of comics come and watch the show. I think they want to see how how we get away with it. But we do because it's it's never sold on in, un, under any other circumstances. If you've walked into a show called Wrong Comedy, with a not for the easily offended, rude, blue, leery, sweary stand-up comedy and music. Um, then, then I'm sorry, they're the idiot, not me. You know, they're, you know, they're they're in the wrong place. I'm not. What? What's? Um, you've got under my idea now. Like a lot of comedians and a lot of people we know have built massive following since the pandemics and really sort of built a name for themselves. But in sort of the sixties, seventies, eighties, there was a. I found this up this um, thing through TikTok. This music guy said something about the Grateful Dead in terms of how they built their audiences up. How does building an audience up like you have, and I think Jerry Sadowitz and some other people have, and Doug Stanhope, where it's through word of mouth, building it slowly, community, differ to what we do now in terms of social media, we get the one big hit and it's boom. Yeah, well, you know, I think that's, uh, I think that's sort of one I think it's the best way to do it because it, it it's organic, and if it isn't funny, they you won't build it. You know, if it isn't a good show, you, it can't be built. Um, I've got a young uh, a young friend who is in a band at the moment who um, who, who just uh, finished touring the country, um, and they, they they've built a brilliant community of people who who um, who follow them they're called the skinner brothers by the way and and uh, zach skinner is, is a mate of mine he, i actually taught him how to be a barman a few years ago nice. and and um they've built this fantastic community and they just sell out everything they you know 
they just sell out everything. They, you know, they sold out a hundred club in like a day, and no one knows who they are yet. And they've only just started getting on Radio Six and stuff. Um, but they, what they've got already is a community, and uh, and I think that's the best way around. Um, because it, they couldn't have built that community unless they were really good, and they are really good. Um, and, and I just think that that's that's the way to, to to build it. I really do, you know, just sort of let people know you are. Then they tell their mates, and and what you've got there is a crowd that definitely loves you. Well, so, do you, with a, it would be an interesting conversation to get someone who's built it more sort of organically, and someone who's built it through social media, get in a room and then discuss them these questions because that'd be. But yeah. But, it would be interesting to see. I mean, sometimes I hear with Uncle Roger, the big, like what he's built, people still think that he's that character. And if if people don't know you that well and they start talking to you, aren't they in some way going to leave or they're going to, what's it called? Yeah, it's, it's an interesting thing, isn't it? It's I know there's a lot of musicians that aren't famous but have built their own sort of following and are doing quite well for it. But you will never hear of them. But no. they produce good music and they've got what they want yeah yeah and uh, that means they don't have to sell out to the big companies as well because they've they've already got a living haven't they so you know they don't have to they don't have to sell their soul to the devil to you know to to, to get any support you know or you know they just they can do it themselves they it sort of self becomes self-funding doesn't it they can be themselves the real stuff they don't have to worry about appearing in perfection perfect imperfect and saying the wrong thing and getting finished and that you see that happen all the time don't you in like people who have played the game and they get all this pressure and all these things because they have to be something they're not yeah yeah, yeah I, I must admit very occasionally i disappoint people when they meet me in real life because um my character is so over the top no actual human could could be like that <laughs> i'm sure there are people like that but, um it's so over the top that um like i couldn't i couldn't be like that in real life and i think they're a little bit shocked that i'm quite bright and <laughs> and um, and because of course you wouldn't think so if you from, from just my comedy character um and, and yeah i think i disappoint a few people when they meet me in real life they've only seen me on on stage so yeah um that does happen i think that that's more to do with the punter than than the industry with now with everything that's with common as a whole what is your what is your how do you prep yourself first set without going to detail are you more of like when you write a joke do you like write Right, every day I've got to write 10 minutes of material. Every day, boom. Do you get up in the morning? Do you go through a fitness regime? 50 sit-ups, you go through a jog, you listen to meditation, you watch tons of comedy videos, boom, you got your set ready. Um, I, I just don't work that way myself. I don't write that much material. I Literally, I probably add about a minute or two each year the stuff that actually gets in the act. I'll probably write I write a load more than that, but I just never turn it into anything that that I think is um, worthy of, of the act. Um, for, for for me, uh, preparation is about. I, I've I've got some tricks. Um, each of my jokes has got a title. You know, I, I, the title was never mentioned, um, but 
we've got a title and i write it on white paper in thick black pen all the, the act that i'm going to do the following night or or the, the next gig and and I, I i've almost got a photo of that in my brain so when i'm on stage i've done that joke i can see the bit of paper and what's next and that's that's a trick that that, that was taught to me by by uh, an experienced comedian who who's who's no longer with us, um, and and uh, no, I'm no longer with us doing comedy. I mean, uh, and, uh, <laughs> and that's that's what works for me is that I've got that picture of the set list in my head because it's white paper, thick black marking i've sort of taken a, a mental picture of it and and i can work off that and that, that took quite a long time to to master but that that is my trick and and preparation is i've got that white bit of paper with the thick black um joke titles on in the order i'm going to do them and from your side if you is that so you feel a bit more you have a one hilarious comic says to me, um, Javier Costales, he says when he's writing a joke, he imagines he's like going to a shop for oh. an order with the jokes. Is that sort of, that's not the same process, but you don't, you get a summary and you get a roundabout of what you want to say. Is that so you don't feel too tense and has to be, a, you can be yeah. open? Yeah, I'm knowing what you're going to do is, is obviously the whole trick. Um, um, it took me a long time to be able to kind of go off script and get you know stuck into the audience if I needed to, um, and then come back to where I should. And I, I, that took a long time. That took a really long time for me. Um, I see other people that they're, they're absolute naturals there. You know, you know people like Wilson, um, Lenny, those sort of people. They can they can go off all over the place and then come back to exactly where they were meant to be um and i only know that because i know their act so well and i know they've they've gone from it um and 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 they can come back i i found that very difficult i i think i can i can certainly do it now but that is a really tough thing to do um you know you've got your 10 minutes in your head or your 15 20 or your five in your head um and then people something happens to to put you out of sync i i always found that so difficult coming back from that but you know that that just took hundreds of gigs mm. yeah I, I get more the other way if i try and think too much more about what i'm going to say i get too into my head and i get all this pressure of having to say it whilst if i don't think about it it's yeah that's it, we're all different i suppose it's a bit you, you what you said there's like alibaba and ebay yeah, oh, now you're, you're talking. Alibaba's the Chinese one, is it? Yeah, and then you've got like Tesco, and you've got. He says that w w we do whatever works for you, rather than it being a fast rule, and you've got to do this and be the army general. You've got to do this. You've got to do that. I think in 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 the in the arts, all of the arts, um, if you if you try too hard to to be you know sort of strict then it sort of doesn't work it loses spontaneity and yeah i just wouldn't couldn't 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 be, couldn't be like that now, i've got an interesting question to ask on this because i i spoke on a couple of comics who write for other comics and each one has given a different sort of thing and one of them said that he only does that with people he knows really well and he knows their acts inside out 
and he gives a general idea of how they could write it. He only says that others are more word for word. What's your sort of thing when you're trying to write, work with others when writing or write for others? No, the way the way I the only way I write with people is is you know if they've got some notes of what they want to do, they go through it, and I'll just tell them if anything pops in my head. Um, you know, listen, when I'm watching comedians, I quite often have got a tangent of one of their jokes that would be really funny for them. Um, and if I know them well enough, I'll suggest it and say, look, ignore me, but I just thought of this. And um, quite a lot do ignore it and quite a lot have taken an, an advantage of it. But, I, yeah, I feel like I'd have to know someone quite well before I started dishing out advice. And, and also... As I said before, the advice to one person just might be the wrong advice to that one person, but it might be the absolutely perfect advice to someone else. So, you, you know, unless you know someone well, I don't think I think it's a bit rude to 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 assume that you can help, even if it even if you're vastly successful. Um, yeah. unless, unless it's asked for, really, why? Just let them do their own journey. We all know what comedy is about, and you wouldn't be doing comedy unless you you, you knew about comedy and how how it works, um, unless you'd watched a lot of comedy. And um, so, yeah, I think it's a bit rude to to, to offer advice uh, unless you know someone. Hmm. And that, that, and often the I've seen the response to that with other people, where I've seen someone give advice to them, and they've always been like, "Fuck off!" <laughs> a lot of the times. Yeah, yeah, no, and, and that's that's a reasonable that's a reasonable reply because there's a certain arrogance in saying that, that you you know better than what they do, um, but I you know like I I said to um, I don't know if you've seen Pam Ford. Oh, amazing! Which so confident, and she I, I I booked her in for a gig, and the owner said straight away I knew she was a comic. Out of all the comics you booked in, I knew straight away she was a comedian. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, well, you know, if you if you've seen her act in the last um, few years, I, I I just I know Pam quite well, and I've I've probably done 30, 40, 50 gigs with her, um, and I I just said to her like, Pam, laugh at your own jokes. Go and stick a couple of laughs, and, you know, because I do that. I laugh at my own jokes, um, and and I just said, go on. That was really funny. If you just laugh at your own joke, then you will get another five seconds of laughter out of the audience. And um, and it worked for her. She's got that sort of style. And and she thanks me regularly for, for, for giving her that little bit of advice. And but I only did that because I know her really well. You know, we've we've worked together a lot and I she 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 was has been fantastic in wrong wrong comedy and um, she's going to be doing a few shows for me this year yeah yes her energy is amazing isn't it she is just a funny human i mean you go go to the pub with her you'll be laughing she's she's just great fun she's a classic aussie outgoing loud um and she's bright as a button, you know, she's really clever. And, and, you know, she's also a really kind individual. She'd do anything for anyone she liked. And, and you know, she, she's just lovely. She's, she's one of the people I'm glad I've met through comedy, if I'm honest. She, 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 and she loves, she loves Britain. I know that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. No, I think she, it's quite exciting compared to Australia, isn't it? surely. 
I've never been to Australia. What's Australia like? Why why is Britain better? Fish and chips is one, but what's about what about the other stuff? Ha ha ha. Well, I, what I didn't like about Australia was was the animals can kill you. Like small animals can kill you. Um, um, it's little spiders can kill you. Um, what what I found difficult about Australia was because. I've employed hundreds of Australians as a pub manager, literally hundreds, especially in the pub in King's Cross. We had all Australian bar staff. Uh, and um, what, I, I'd only, what I didn't realise is that I'd only met the middle class ones. And, and I'd never really, because they're the only ones who can save up enough money to spend six months in Europe, you know. Uh, and like, when I got there, I didn't realise they had people like my off my council estate where I grew up. <laughs> you know, like the the, the brutal Australians, and, and they're really brutal. Oh my god! You know, I, I I got on all right with them because I can handle that. But I can imagine them scaring the life out of a lot of normal London because you know they're really brutal people. They're really in your face, and and that's just the way they are. And it, I think they're honest and straight up, but um. It's not everyone's cup of tea. And I found that very shocking, very shocking in the poor Australians. <laughs> a question that I'm going to ask to follow up on that is uh, a comic I had, Danny McGinley, says that he there's a really good comedy club in Melbourne called The Basement. And the guy is a bit like the Sir Alex Ferguson. So he gives a hairdryer treatment, or he likes to call it a spray. And he'll go to him and say, listen here, cunt, uh, what's it called? Do your fucking good jokes. Don't do crowd work if they don't fucking want crowd work. And then he says a few minutes later, do you want a beer? Yeah, 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 yeah. But I say that's a bit like Scotland in a way. It's, um, it, it, it's uh, like, oh, you're all right for an English cunt, you are. You know, so. <laughs> I think that's a compliment, and uh, you know, um, so like, yeah, that that that's just that that is really odd, um, and and actually takes a bit of getting used to again because like it's a long time since I left the St Ilia estate where people talk to you like that. <laughs> Does it? So, have you gigged in like Glasgow and other parts of Scotland? And do do they take the piss a bit? Do they do they go? Oh, you're Cockney, and they. Hey, you, pal, you better fucking watch out. I, I generally have done all right in Glasgow. Um, I, I, they sort of get my sort of comedy, and, like, once they've seen the act, they want to meet me afterwards. So, like, I've got to be honest, I've done brilliantly up there. I'm, I'm expecting to go out. I'm waiting on a, on a, on a final booking date, so I'm going to be up there in February or March. Um. And so I, I'll be able to tell you later if, if it's still the case. But the sort of comedy I do goes down really well with a working class Scottish audience. So, so I, I've never really had that. Um, I haven't. I, I, I'm, I'm trying to get a gig in, in Aberdeen, so that would be an interesting one to see. Uh, I'd, I'd love to be able to gig up there. I, I was put down on a list when the promoter asked the acts that you'd like to see up here. I was put on there by a, a few people, so I'm hoping that that's going to turn into even if it's an paid, I'll go and do it. Why not? Just, it's a challenge, isn't it? It's that challenge. It's a bit of fun yeah. as well, gigging places that you've not been. It's like going on a Indiana Jones, isn't it? 
Yeah, there's there's two types of, <laughs> two types of away gigs. Um, like for me personally, it, it, if I'm sort of skint and I, you know, and I and I and I'm up there and I, uh, you know, and I'm scratching around and I've had to take my own sandwiches and stuff, and and the gig doesn't work out. It's they're probably some of the worst days of my life. Um, but it's quite the opposite when 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 you you know you've got a few quid in your pocket and you can go up and you know have a nice bit of dinner before the show and maybe get a taxi instead of walking by you through the back streets um it, it it's so much heat. and then you do well in the gig then there's some of the best days i've had and that literally is the only difference is whether i've had any money or not <laughs> i've made myself very skint at, at times over the last sort of 20 years and uh and, and so yeah it i i do prefer it if i've got some money in my pocket but, and, and i can do it like i have to scratch around quite a lot when i when i'm you know sort of traveling the country i was losing tons of money for for a, a good couple of years traveling up and down the country it was costing me i was literally working just to just to pay for coach fares up to leeds and things so um that 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 was very frustrating um and and so yeah i i just prefer it when i've got a few quid in my pocket <laughs> traveling all over i hear i hear it's in, in it'll be interesting to ask this in scotland as well but i hear up north that there's there's less acts but there's a lot more paid work as a consequence and they sometimes pay a bit more because they want to cover for comedians coming from down south yeah yeah definitely and 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 like i i i think it's that's an immense part of your education if just go go up there even if you're not getting paid just going to different audiences from different towns you know it's, it's very different london is not representative of the british comedy audience at all what is it be, what what makes you say that that's interesting um i Thing. they're more likely to more likely to realize it's a joke and not you being horrible um i don't know you just sort of i, I don't want to bring class into it but i'm gonna um i think there's a lot more working class or at least people who who, who are a, like know what the working classes are and you get a lot of london clubs i, I did i did a north london um giga few months ago and they just stared at me you know i did my absolute top material um you know you know literally four days before i stand innovation from 70 people um exact same act breathing in the same place everything exactly the same very happy with my performance but they just sat and stared at me um I just don't think they, they it feels like they've never met anyone remotely like me so i don't, I don't know why if they do they not watch the telly you know it's just ridiculous um some people go to be offended as well and then london london is is very odd at the moment um i'm going to say that all the comedy shows are like that but there's a lot there's a lot that are, are, you really can't say this and that which is where it might have been handy if I'd have got myself for 10 minutes of clean material, but I'm never going to do that. Never. You sure? You sure? <laughs> if someone does, if someone doesn't shove 20 grand or 30 grand down your nose, you would be tempted. I'm sure you would. If, if the money's right, you would be tempted. No, I think it would actually be a, a, a negative. Thing <laughs> um, no, because I just don't think, 
like I, I think I, I can be really funny, you know, because I've spent twenty years as Bob Walshy Walsh. I, I can't, I can be massively funny, and 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 so, like, do I want to give that away? You know, do, do, I just, I've built this character to to get away with saying what I'm saying, and so like that character going up and being nice, no, it just wouldn't work. I just don't, I don't actually think I could do it. I don't think I'm good enough. To do it, to switch. I don't. I don't want to do it either. But I'm not. <laughs> uh, for for someone that is in a mindset, if you're going to give it, give advice, I know you said that we got to be. You know, you do your own thing. But rather than advice, what things would you say people should look out for if they're new comic? looking to start in post-COVID times with the things in the UK commonly seen as they are to like navigate it in a place where they're not mentally too fucked up and they can do it in a way that they can develop the comedy world, get better, progress in a way that's good for them. What, what things to look out for and prepare? Like In preparation, do loads and loads and loads of gigs, you know, just literally go and do loads. There's no, there's no, there's nothing to replace doing 200 gigs. I know it sounds a lot when you've only done 20. When you've done 20, you think you're an experienced comic, but you're not yet. And, and there's nothing other than just doing loads of gigs and literally working out from the audience's reactions what's funny and what's not. Um, there, there, there's no, there's nothing to replace that. Like You've literally got to go and do it and go and take your chances on gigs. Go and just go and mess up. Go and be brilliant and go and learn and, and work out. And, and I, I would say something I haven't done, which I think I should have done, is record all your gigs, um, at least, or, you know, with audio, um, so that you can hear it coming out of your mouth and literally... Once you've heard it coming out of your mouth, you think, oh, I shouldn't have said that. I should, I, I, I should lengthen that or I should repeat that or, you know, um, or, or I need, I, I need the, from the audience's reaction, I know I hadn't filled the character out enough before I started being rude. And, uh, you know, it, it, that, is, that is a trick. I would always record stuff. I, I don't think it's any, I don't think it should be approached any differently. Just go and do your stuff. Go and do it. Go and do loads of gigs, and 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 then listen back and see what. And, and ask advice. Ask advice from from people you get to know, and and then ignore it if you don't like it. Um, it, it it's 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 a long slow process becoming a comedian. So still, just do the gigs. Still, just get out there, and still, um, work on your act literally and and record it. I wished I'd done that. I really wished I'd recorded you know some of the hundreds of gigs i've done um and try and find out where i went wrong or where i got it particularly right that i mean that sounds like a lot of guilt that every a lot of comics share like they get this good bit and like they, they try and recreate it but because you don't know the video like oh i don't know where to hit this beat or that beat yeah no it's a tough business and and as i said i don't like rules very much but um you know that just just keep banging it out just keep working mate all right now for everyone that wants to know about you and your work like how do they get in contact and what shows should they be aware of um, well i'm i'm performing in catford news um 
in the Cats of Muse on the 3rd of February. Um, 25th of February, I'm down in Plymouth. I think it's a B-bar on Friday the 25th. Um, get me on Twitter, um, um, at Bob Walshy Walsh, all, all together, no, no gaps or anything. Um, I'm doing 23 consecutive shows at the Edinburgh Fringe. Um, so from the 6th of August right through to the 28th, I'm up there 11 o'clock every night at the Globe in Nidri Street. Um, that is a good show. If you can be in Edinburgh, just get to that show once. Go on, go on, go on. Even if you don't like offensive comedy, just go and test yourself. Go on, go on, go on. Um, and, um, um, and, yeah, I'll, I'll just I'll leave it leave it at those. I'm, I do have a Facebook page, which I very rarely update, Bob Wilshie Walsh. Um, yeah, I'm not very good at the selling myself sort of stuff, unfortunately, which is uh, which is what a lot of comedians who've made done really well are not very good. Oh. <laughs> Whoa! Ho, ho! <laughs> no worries. And okay, and guys, if he will pay for your tickets to get to the show. No, I'm joking. <laughs> I'll pay for your ticket in because it's free. Yeah, he will do that, guys. And it's free to get in, but it's not free to get out. Uh, it's not free to get in either of the two gigs in February that I talked about. <laughs> well, you guys know how to get a hold of him. Um, hope you guys enjoyed the episode. If you like it, guys, share it with your friends, subscribe, and give us a review on Amazon or iTunes. And I'll see you lovely people at the next episode.